spidey senses tingling. Hello. The voice of a generation, Slim Earl Jones. <laughs> if you could see what we do as the intro music rolls, first five or ten seconds of the show, what we do to get ready, it's, we're like we maniacs. If people were looking at us through yeah. a window. Slim flips through the pages. I go into the uh, the drum. I'm in there. Welcome to the Paper Keg Podcast. Original recipe. Best recipe. Um, this this is the podcast where we talk about industry news uh, because our opinions matter. Uh, the books we read, new and old, we want to get you reading, so tune in. Book Club, third segment, lucky number three. Book Trace. Club, this week is what, Mark Farrington? Marvel Secret Wars, a Jim Shooter Mike Zek classic. Classic? You decide. We'll find out soon. And we read your letters. To close out the show, your real-life human letters. Um, There's been a fake letter ban. I have dropped the ban hammer on fake letters. Uh, We got Garvied. That's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. So let's introduce the panel, the illustrious panel of hosts that that is before you. Let me do the introductions. Oh, God. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. All right. Let me see see if I can do it as good as you. Ready. New Jersey's... Golden Boy, the president of the Slim Fan Club, our maestro for this evening, podcast bad boy, Dale underscore A. Not bad. It's not bad, Jones. pretty good. I thought he was going to introduce me after he said president of Slim Fan Club. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. To his immediate left, uh, firefighter extraordinaire, uh, former DC historian, uh, purveyor of all things Batman, Batman family genealogist, Mark Farrington. Well done. Thank you, thank you. To his immediate opposite, <laughs> oh boy, wearing oh the boy. trucker hat and the plain black tee, as he oft does, mm-hmm. mastermind behind multiple podcasts, mm-hmm. Presidente de Pepper Keg, oh my God. our leader, Slim on the Twitters. Salam, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for having me, Jonesy. It's yes. a pleasure. Now, let's just welcome probably the most personable local writer that we've ever met in our entire lives. Absolutely. At Jonesy Loves Beer. Jonesy is writing a comic. Breaking news, Jonesy is still writing this comic. <laughs> First issue's not in the can yet, but it's stay, been in the can. stay tuned. It's not <laughs> his job, Slim. He's got to get paid for it. Jonesy, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Here's that guitar solo. Mm. Just let it mm. touch you. We should have more mmms on this show. We, mm. we had a, us in. We had a great big show last week. This show might even be bigger with mm-hmm. the Secret Wars talk. Yeah. When was the last time you read Secret Wars before this week, Dale? Never. Hmm. I had never. I had never. Yeah. I had never read the Secret Wars. We'll get into it tonight. <sighs> live. Big show. Well, not live, really. Live to tape. We're running out of tape right now, so well, we, we got to get moving. On time um, schedule here. I'm not gonna lie to you. We're all gonna be at NYCC oh, in man. a few weeks. New York Comic Con 
Let me enter you. You're going to be there. I'm going to be there. Jonesy's going to be gonna there. Going to have a blazer. Rocking the blaze. Mm. Er, I don't mm. have a blazer. Uh, former DC historian, now vagabond, Mark Farrington is going to be there. We'll be panhandling for DCNU knowledge. I Well, you're usually panhandling either way, to yeah. be honest here. <laughs> Some of our Paper Cake podcast co-hosts are nice enough to give me money when I need it, um, and when I don't. Chris Pocciolo, I'm a huge fan, and I don't have a lot of money. <laughs> um, so I spent it all on this bus p- uh, ticket just to come see you. Mark, Could I have a free... Mark uh, will guilt you Mark? into free stuff, no matter who you are. And by guilt who... By guilt, you mean, hey, I'm a fan of your work. Can I have that? Sure. Thanks for watching. Can I appreciate I that? that? No, uh, I don't think anybody Let me refer to you a time that he asked so me for $5 three. to get an issue. $3. The issue was sold out, so he put the money in his own wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and he Jedi mind tricked me into being like, okay, that makes sense. Uh, one of Mark's favorite characters of all time, Black Captain America. No. Catman? Not Catman. The Flash. Yes. You heard you, you hear this? You seen this? This is a news segment. In our yeah. News. Getting in the news. This is it. This is the hottest news segment on the internet. I heard something about this. What, what, what is happening with The Flash recently? Uh, the Flash number one is the highest selling Flash title in the last 40 years. Stunning. It's not even but- out yet. For real, that's kind of like being the biggest nugget of shit in the toilet bowl, isn't it? Oh, my. <laughs> language, language. You know, that's the timestamp. Six minutes. Jonesy just blatantly, you're high on cherry Coca-Cola right now. <laughs> that's enough. Two cherry Coca-Colas for Jonesy's too much. Uh, I'm sorry, guys. It's worse that, than beer. You know what? That just was totally out of line. You know what? I'm kind of all for it. If he keeps this up, he might exceed the speed limit on our drive home. <laughs> <laughs> Keep we, drinking. We can only hope to match the speed limit. <laughs> Jonesy, Jonesy drives like he is literally blind in both eyes Look, and has no legs. Ladies I'm and married. gentlemen, slower than a turtle on down. I'm married now, and I have a lot to lose. I can't um, afford to get no tickets in New Jersey. Is it possible we can go back to The Flash? Yeah, if you want. The opposite of you? Oh, the uh, the Flash, you know, I don't read The Flash. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. Probably to one of the worst characters in history. Let's be, Let's honest. be honest here. Well, Barry Allen, obviously. Uh, I mean, either one. Wally West. Whoa. Bart. What? Bart Allen? What is this? Bart Allen. Bart. Are going to talk about name, the news or name just... Name three people you know with the name of Bart that aren't comic book or animated characters. Nobody. You can't. You can't can. do it. You oh, can? I can. Yeah? Yeah. Let's hear him. Not enough time. We'll do it later. <laughs> He's in HR. He's probably got tons of people named Bart. In his right. Yeah, he's, That's cheating. He's right. Uh, the Flash has set records. Believe that? I do believe it because I'm interested in this book. I just blew your mind. Oh well, it kind of makes sense. I mean, the Flash was the leading character for Flashpoint, so it might have a lot of people wanting to jump on to see what happens after. So Maybe. I can see point. it for number one. That's a good point. You got Francis Manupal. On art and writing duties. I bet that book is late by issue four. Yeah, what's his deal? He's like O'Brien Hitchian in lateness? Yeah, I mean, his art is incredible, but unfortunately his timeliness is does not match him. He's got some dude, like, co-writing and co-drawing it. Brian Buccioletto. Exactly. Sounds like he doesn't have the speed force on his side. <laughs> <laughs> Flash. Flash reference. This show is sponsored by Dale Slippers. That he's wearing tonight. Okay, all right. <laughs> I like to be comfortable in my own house, all right? Uh, we'll get a signed uh, pair of his slippers to our 30th caller tonight. They're pretty epic. So, yeah, I can't wait for The Flash. I hope it isn't dropped already by the time we 
post this. It is it? Have. It's out. It oh, I loved have. it. I loved the Flash. You're gonna hate the Flash. I'm actually is, waiting is until it, it goes s- 199 in the app. So yeah. who's gonna start, Barry or Wally? It's Barry. Um, how do the fans feel about that? The fans are pissed. I'm gonna be leading the charge at NYCC, looking for where Wally West is. That's all we want to know. Explicit keg over here. Are you going to cosplay for NYCC? Oh, could you please? Yeah, who do you want me to be? Mr. Terrific. You call it Truth. <laughs> I'd be cool with Mr. Terrific. Could you or be John Bishop? Stewart. Bishop? You know what? Maybe next year if I can let the hair grow. But I don't know if Caroline would mind the jerry curl. Did I don't we? think she'd be cool oh, with We it. don't Did mention uh, names. She doesn't listen. Show. Did we have another news item for this, uh, our illustrious news segment? I don't think, I'm not sure if we did. Does anyone remember? No. Uh, let's move on. Yeah, let's yeah, to let's... the comics section, new and old. You know, we love the chat comics. If we weren't recording this podcast, we'd probably all just sitting in a hammock, you know, chatting it up, talking about comics. Yeah, yeah. I mean, better better we do it with some recording equipment and people sure. can uh, enjoy us uh, as we enjoy ourselves. I remember my uh, illustrious start with the uh, comics podcast. Uh, <laughs> Jonesy, Jonesy reminiscing is a yeah. block on podcast bingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Finished your drink. Uh, no, uh, I came by to fill in for you, I think. You you could make for an episode. And uh, we had no time limit, no script. We ended up talking for like, what, three hours? I we, remember that. Uh, I, it took got, me like five commutes worth of driving <laughs> to get through it. Uh, let's start it up. Mark Farrington. Let's do it. Um, you were at one time... Probably the go-to DC guy on this podcast. Don't get it twisted. I now still I have uh, taken your place <laughs> as the ultimate DC scientist. Three weeks of reading versus over twenty years of studying. That, yeah, that balances I mean, out. That twenty years is worthless now since the reboot. What are you reading right now, Mark? You know what? I uh, based off that Catwoman news from last week. I went and read Catwoman number one. Oh. Wow. I, thought, I thought I put a moratorium on the Catwoman talk. Let's get into it. Let's Jonesy thunderously threw down his microphone, so I'm going to let him have that. You know, why don't we joint discuss it? Okay. All right. I mean, I didn't want to discuss it, but by I the time this post, maybe people have you know they simmered down, they've detoxed from the Catwoman news as I have. Hopefully, you know by this point, we're not even going to get into it. The book is heavily sexually oriented. Her and Bruce get into it and do the grown up. Moving on to the story standpoint, do that, Kinemax. I got to read this. Oh yeah, book. it's down and dirty. Oh yeah. Um, mm, book kind of opens. Actually, not even that bad, but okay. no, it's not bad at all. The book opens with some burglars, thugs attacking Selena Kyle's apartment. Cat burglars. Her violently trying to get out. Her apartment is firebombed, so she goes to a friend of hers, a call girl named Lola, actually. Oh. Cat Lola. To find out where she can stay and to get a lead on another theft. It was just their basic reintroduction to Selena Kyle. Uh, she's staying at this suite of a equivalent of a Bellagio hotel. Batman sneaks into her hotel room nice. to see if she's okay. She's feeling lonely. She's feeling vulnerable. Blah 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 blah. Mm-hmm. One thing leads to another. They're pulling each other's clothes off, but they keep the mask on. Oh yeah, the you most... know how these superheroes do it. Hey, they forgot the stamina of a freaking bullox. Come on. Well, who was the character? Uh, who was Catwoman's microchip? She is like this weird uh, woman, like h- homely looking woman that she is was somehow a, connected to everything. A call girl named Lola. Oh, that was Lola? Yeah, that she was Lola. Oh, call girl. So she just does it over the phone? She's just well connected, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> As Mark's. It, wow. I mean, she didn't look like a call girl that I that I have met previously. I'm just quoting. Which you haven't. Classic slime. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> 
Listen, Classic I'm married song. now. He's got a right. sordid past. <laughs> Listen, if you like Selena Kyle, I think you'll like the book. One of the most interesting things that came out from this was during the monologue while her and Bruce were getting ready to sleep together, they... <laughs> <laughs> just sounds silly. Yes. I said that with a straight face. Um, throughout the monologue, you learn that this isn't the first time that her and Bruce have been doing this, but she doesn't know who he is anymore. So this questions a lot of the recent bat history for the last seven, eight years real time. That's that's null and void. Is it? you useless. Did Hush happen? Huh. Did their relationship happen? Did all of the Heart of Hush stories and everything after happen? That's what it really brings into play. If she was ever a part of, or was she ever an ancillary character in the Bat universe anymore? It reminds me of Black Cat and uh, Spidey. Yeah. Yeah. That's a that great, relationship. great relationship. Read some Zeb Wells. Bacalo, Spidey. Love Zeb Wells. That cover of the Amazing Spider-Man where Black Cat has the, the Spider-Man shirt on. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What did you think, uh, Jonesy? My only comment I had about this book, and I actually liked it before I read the controversy, uh, was, you know, Jug, uh, Judd Winnick wrote this issue, and the mm-hmm. response was, how dare you portray Catwoman as a sleut? You know, this isn't a cat win for 2011. Not our, all girls of young generation are sleuths just because, you know, we're empowered women. Now, flip the script, as Farrington would say, and you just erase Joe Winnick off the page and write in Gail Simone. And the response would have been, oh, this Gail, this is so empowering. You've written a cat woman for a new generation who's both strong and sexy. Like, you know what? Come off it right now. It's a comic book. I mean, yeah, and it's still it, Selena you know, Kyle. Right. Even if it's just been wasn't her remixed. wasn't her background in uh, Dark Knight Returns? Wasn't she a prostitute in that? Yeah, or year one. Yeah, yeah she was a prostitute yeah. in year and, one. And uh, everybody seems to forget that. I don't see them on their high horse. I'll tell you what. Um, everyone that I've talked to that is not on the internet and Twitter, or only like I talked to at Mandy Boo, mm-hmm. you know, famous contributor to the site papercake dot com. Yeah, she loved it. Yeah. She thought it was fun. Did she's she? honest. Yeah. She's honest about yeah, it. I fun mean, little sexy book, you know? Yeah, Almost exactly. like, you know, some, like a Skinamax. Some people, maybe, maybe they're DC women kicking A, let's mm, say. Mm-hmm. Just find a reason to hate everything because it's not catered to their very narrow tastes. I went into work, you know, I asked the, the gang at work. They thought it was fun. Fun book. You know what? Going back to our conversation last week on how DC books kind of seem like they upped the violence a little bit, mm-hmm. the women in the DCNU. Seem to be up in the sex appeal a bit too. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. like Catwoman, um, Starfire was a sleut in Red Hood and the Outlaws. Right, you're unmaking my point right now, but okay. <laughs> Wonder Woman dropped the towel in well, front of Well, she wasn't slutish. Yeah, she wasn't slutish. But, um, but yeah, something happened in the Red Hood book. You I know, gotta talk s- about it when my books don't talk. About All right, we'll save it for <laughs> when we go around the table. Uh, enough Catwoman talk. You know, if you want a little sexy little book, you know that maybe. You don't want your wife to see why you're reading, you know? Guilty. Every, every time I read a comic, my wife peeks over there to some naked woman. Yeah. Like, just happens to happen, you know, right. like in Sleeper, Miss Misery. She's topless in every scene. Of course, my wife looks over. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> Jonesy. Uh, let's talk about Wolverine 15 by Jason Aaron. Wolverine No More. Oh, uh, I didn't know that came out. Yeah, man. God. Too you, busy working all the time. Print comic? Get out of here. Pre- pretty excellent. Uh, talks about, um, you know, the issue is really a journey inside uh, Logan's mind. Mm. 
uh, to, Drew it, may I ask? Is it, uh, is it Gara? Is no. it the same artist? It's, I think it's a fill-in artist, this oh, issue. Hunter, did we I'll get pass. on that for me? I'll pass on I'll get on it. Wolverine get 15? Yeah, get please. On it. Um, so the, the issue focuses on uh, Logan climbing this mountain. And as he climbs, he's kind of having these flashes of... Um, like everybody in his life piling up for him, you know, it's revealed that he's killed his children in this previous book. And as he climbs a mountain, you see a flashback of him uh, taking all the the skeletons to the graves of their mothers, so they're buried with him. Like this kind of noble way for him to atone for that. But in true Logan fashion, he absolutely like thrashes himself for this wrongdoing. <clears throat> and at the end of the issue, you realize that. He the only reason he climbs this mountain is so he can jump off. So I'm so sorry I'm spoiling this for you. Okay. So he can jump off and have that four or five seconds before his healing factor kicks in of like true peace of the grave before he immediately snaps back to consciousness. Huh. And then he just starts climbing it again. Like so it's wow. a very like Zen kind of like introspective <laughs> issue. It I th- I thought it was going to be a, a filler issue to Aaron starts his new arc, but it actually turned to be a really good, um, like one-off bow tie book ending to um, the Red Right Hand. So I enjoyed it. It, it was, it definitely was filler-ish, but it was, it still was enough to uh, draw me in. Hmm. So Jason Aaron and Wolverine match made in heaven. Is there any talk about? I know they. Uh, they do a pretty good job keeping the title separate. But is there any reference to the X Men problems in Wolverine or uh, no the, the schisming? No, they don't. That's I think, cool. but they did in uh, Schism Four uh, have a panel where Wolverine goes into a safe, yeah, to get his um, Wolverine or his X Men costume, yeah. And I believe Jason Harris talked about that scene is actually the source for his new arc because oh. in that. Um, in that panel, he goes to get his loot, his cash, and it's mm-hmm. missing. So it's pretty. And it was. Um, oh, maybe is that why he screamed? Maybe. Yeah, I thought it was. You think it was because Wolverine was attacking Quentin Quire or whatever? Uh, Slim. That was Goron Suzuka on art. Good for this issue. So it was a fill-in artist. Mm-hmm. Bless you. Yeah. So uh, I'm not sure. Thank you for that, that intern. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, and uh, that was my book. Let's uh, switch gears. To something amazing. Do a little SLG publishing. You know they they uh, they made news recently. They're going digital first in their publishing. Oh wow! Yeah. Um. Pretty much. Scotty Young, I think, uh, tweeted that. He's a big digital guy. That's Scotty Young. Uh, This is a book called Midnight Sun that I one one of my most early digital purchases uh, back in the day. I think it might even been on an iPhone when I when I bought it. Wow. Um, takes place in 1928. Uh, it's about a zeppelin that makes the trek to the North Pole, uh, called the Italia, mm-hmm. and it goes missing after their after their last radio transmission. So they send out this uh, reporter on a boat. Uh, what do you call those boats with like the that go through the ice and it's got like the big ice crusher in the front? Do they have a particular name? I don't know if they're ice crusher. There probably is, but ice I mean, crusher yeah, boat. Yeah, ice crusher boat. Um, Definitely. But this uh, young reporter, you know, he's he's not sure if he's going to get fired by his new boss, so he goes out and onto this Russian boat to find out what happened to the uh, to the blimp to the zeppelin. Yeah. Um, it's black and white. 
Um, it's drawn in a very clean manner. It's similar to um, Kyle Baker, maybe not as loose. The, these the, this art is more tight and controlled. A lot of use of heavy like dark shadows. Cool little book, you know. Nice. Just a little story. Um, it's interesting. I think the first issue may even be ninety nine cents or free. So Midnight Sun S U N. I might check that out. That's cool. Yeah, I was actually Wikipediaing it. Nothing really related, but the Resolute, the HMS Resolute, got got disappeared up in the uh, really the icy waters of the Antarctic, and it and it reminded me of that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it's a good uh, change of pace, you know, from the superhero books, the DC fifty two. It's just a yeah. uh, it's a story. You now it's a nice little story. Four issues. I love comics that are just stories that doesn't you just don't picture comics to be you know like yeah. a story that that's cool yeah check it out dale slg check right? it out by slg slg i will be here public face if you need me to dale uh you're the podcast bad boy yes. of the show um you did not like captain america truth last week that's the truth uh what are you reading otherwise to wash that taste out of your mouth dc presents oh great dead book. man hmm Boston brand. Uh, they, I feel like they've rehashed his origin in the past year, like three times or whatever. I felt like I saw him on like 80 Brightest Day covers. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, you're right. And uh, that's where you most recently read his the rehashing of his, or the retelling of his story just as a quick thing. But that's about half the book in this. DC Presents is going to be little storylines, not always about Dead Man. But uh, there's going to be arcs. So this first arc is a Dead Man arc. And they might go, you know, whatever Marvel, like a Marvel Comics Presents type deal. Hmm. Um, first half of the book is Boston Brand going over his origin and what he does and the life he lived before he was killed. And how the god, I forget what her name is, Ama, Amua, whatever. Oa? Oa, no. Amara? Ama, yeah, Amara. Uh, maybe. Um basically stops him from dying he's in the call in between the the long death and the and the living and he has to help other people kind of find their way and he calls them bricks they're just bricks in his new life air quotes that he has to help and without him they're kind of like lost and um he goes through like these little panels of each he's been everybody and everywhere He's been, you know, a stripper, which is really odd that he oh. he was a female stripper who hated her father, Not but uh, <laughs> but uh, missed that she he never called her. He was, you know, he was a stunt bike guy. He was all these people, and now he's got to go into the life of a a soldier home from the war because he lost both his legs and his whole unit was killed, and this guy is just on the borderline suicidal. He doesn't know what to do, and it was really poignant because, I mean, like post-traumatic stress syndrome and, and just soldiers coming home from the war today is just really heavy stuff, and he just points it out like, you know, these people stare at him because they don't know if he's going to lose his mind at any second or if he's sad about something or if he's crazy about something, and uh, he's like, I think his name is Johnny, the soldier. He's like, Johnny, I'll be back, but I just got to go do something real quick, and he kind of goes on this little, little walk of where he's been and what he he has to accept what he does as dead man before he can jump in Johnny and and I guess attempt to help him and uh it was it was uh 
It was a good book. I like I like the concept of Boston Brand. I mean, they he goes over and it's like I I was a real piece of s when I was alive, but he was an acrobat. Like I don't understand how bad this guy could have been. Like he, he was an acrobat. That's your punishment. I don't care how terrible of a person you were. You were an acrobat in a circus. Like you don't deserve any more awfulness than that there. So, I mean, he, he must have been a real piece of s if that were the case. Because yeah. uh, Jonesy. I liked in this issue because I I don't really know that much about Dead Man, but I, what was that? Oh, was me exhaling, that? I think. Uh, okay. I, oh, it's right. I forgot. I shouldn't be breathing right now. Right. Uh, I did like how he tells how he's he goes through his missions. I guess you would call them, and how he has noticed that there has been a breakdown and something's wrong because now he is gathering these people instead of just jumping from life to life but he's frustrated because he can't just ask the goddess like hey what's up so he attempts first to um to track down the old psychic from the circus and he starts leaping in the people and take leaping quantum leaping in the people and Mm -hmm. taking them over to ask her questions and it's a really cool sequence in the book where he like she keeps trying to run away, but he's like the next guy down the corner or the bartender. Yeah. That was a really cool sequence. And I liked at the end where he can't get any answers and he knows that he's not able to help these people. And you kind of get the the impression that he's now kind of like a selfless hero where it's not about him getting to the next life. It's like, you know, all the other people, I could do a somersault and save their life. But I'm not, you know, I'm not a psychologist. I don't know how to help these people. So he, and I'll, spoilers, fast forward 30 seconds, but he takes Johnny's service pistol out of a drawer mm-hmm. and points it to Johnny's head. He's taking him over. He's going to kill him. So the goddess shows up to be like, what are you doing? And the line is like, you're probably wondering why I called you here. And it's like, bang, cliffhanger. Like, what a great yeah. book. What a great hmm. draw in to the next chapter. I actually kind of forgot about that, so I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. But well, uh, yeah, That's what I'm here for, bro. Mark, did you read that book? I didn't read it yet. I'm a fan of Paul Jenkins, and I'm a fan of Boston Brand, so I can't wait to give it a shot, though. Paul Jenkins from the Prelude to Schism. He did the uh, the Century stuff, too? Was that yeah. Him? He yeah. also did Origins, the Wolverine story, he did too. Origin, so. Yeah, and Origins. He did Orange and, uh, Origin, Wolverine the End. Oh, what a piece of trash that was. They can all be winners. They can't. The art was good, too, on, uh, on DCU Presents. Yeah. I, don't, I wonder if creative teams are going to change... With storylines, or if they're just going to keep, because I, I could see it as a high level. DCU presents this creative team with this with this arc with featuring different characters from the DCU, or if it's just going to be Paul Jenkins and whatever his name is doing all these. Uh, that'd be kind of cool if they feature mm-hmm. different creative teams, but who knows? But it's a good book. If you especially uh, you don't need to know anything about Boston Brand and still kind of get good. into it. So yeah, absolutely. Mark Farrington, TV star. Yes. What are you reading? In more than two sentences. Did you it's start it off? Around. It's not lightning around yet. I started it off. Yeah, he started oh, you did? Off. Oh, well oh, then. Oh, Let's whoa, get into whoa, it. Whoa, what are we, uh... Oh, yeah. We need to get in the He just looked at the right time. I just, <laughs> I, just, I, just, I just checked the stopwatch. Oh, uh, lightning round. You ruined it, Mark. Sorry, guys. That one was my bad. Uh, the most popular segment we've ever done in the history of this podcast. Or podcast every, in general. By okay. everyone except the host. Two sentences... Uh, describe a book you're reading so we can get right into the book club. Run out of tape right now. Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate Comic Spider-Man number one. 
really digging the intro of Miles Morales, a kid. <clears throat> Excuse me. Really digging the intro of Miles Morales, time with who is, yeah, I did, adjusting in this world without Spider-Man. Can't wait to see the tragedies that he faces and endures to become Spider-Man. Demon Knights, issue one by Paul Cornell. Uh Uh-oh. Two sentences, I can't say that much, hang on. Uh, total 180 from Stormwatch. What a great introductory book. Mm-hmm. Second sentence. I've always wanted to learn about Jason Blood since I've seen him in the animated series. This could be a great jumping on point. So you're saying it wasn't poop shaking up in a, place, <laughs> in a paper bag? No, definitely not. The poop was out of the bag for this one. Good. Good. Uh, Ultimate Comics X-Men number one. I was really excited to get back into the X-Men universe. Now I am no longer excited to get into the (laughs) X-Men universe. (laughs) Sorry. Wow. I agree with that sentiment. Podcast. We we lost. We're running out of time. Please. Allow me my time. Don't uh, take over Dale's moment. Red Hood and the Outlaws number one. I came for the Starfire. I stayed for the Starfire. <laughs> oh, Lord. Now let's get into something we've all been waiting to talk to. About. Talk to and about. Talk to, yeah. I talk uh, to it every night. Yep. One of the most memorable, most well-known limited series in history, The Secret Wars. Oh, yeah. By the Jim Shooter. You know, spearheading this campaign... To create toys and have fun. And it was to create toys, let me tell you that. <laughs> Every spaceship in this uh, 12-issue monster. Maxi-series. I, I think I had in my closet at some point, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, what a book. So so if you've been in a closet for your entire life, uh, the storyline is, you know, Earth's most popular superheroes are transported into another universe it's popular. <laughs> uh, outside of Spider-Woman and Captain Marvel it's true. Um, and any other female character. They were transported to do battle against uh, the most popular or, you know, the most well-known villains and by this, you know, unknown force. So whoever wins, you know, gets what their wildest dreams realized. Something like that. Something yeah. like that. That's the shortest uh, synopsis you can get. So you've got some of the X-Men, you've got some of the Avengers, Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, three of them. Uh, they have to figure out why they're there and, you know, if they do battle with the villains, Doctor Doom, Ultron, Octopus, etc. Um, great, some oh. great great covers. Had some great covers. The end. What an awful, <laughs> awful Thanks book. for coming, everybody. Let's just close the <laughs> shot. What an awful book. I found myself uh, counting the Doctor Doom sequences as like oasis in the desert like the book was so bad in so many ways that like the only thing i could look forward to was like the doctor doom humor panels uh-huh. because they truly were classic <laughs> i did write down some, doom, some is, great like, lines i love what doctor doom refers himself to doom and he names his base aptly titled doom base <laughs> and he plays it so straight he's like we've you know we've attained our greatest victory quickly to doom base Right. Oh. The one the one scene that I wrote down that I didn't believe I was reading was the one this one character that's a holdover from Galactus 
uh, asks him if like why do you always why are you always talking about what you're doing? And he's like, are you are you recording this? And he's like, and Doom responds, every utterance of Doom is being recorded for posterity. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that's like kind of a tongue-in-cheek way of why Doctor Doom talks the way he does. But it's just funny that that was actually in the book. The word Doom says that. Um, one of my notes that I had to make sure I got out on the show was number of times X Men get punked. I counted at least five different times the X Men got punked when the heroes arrived onto this world to do battle. And they're talking amongst themselves. The X Men got punked. Everybody immediately turned to the X Men and said, "What are you guys doing here?" Right. Next up, X Men got punked when Spider Man stumbles on their plan to abandon the heroes <laughs> to go to Magneto. So Spider Man fights off the X Men single handedly. Like, oh, yeah. right, okay, Spidey, I'm okay with that. Right. You were. And this is it's made Spider Man look good and it made the X Men just look like yeah. incompetent chumps, morons. like dummies. And then the but the I drew my line at the X Men getting pumped. Punked. When the Wasp, the most single, useless female in this book, punks the X-Men single-handedly. No, or is, yeah, she takes out the entire team. She takes them all out. The Wasp. So I... <laughs> yes. Takes she's, out the she's Wasp. An Wolverine, Cyclo- I mean, uh, Cyclops. Yeah, the X-Men were pretty much useless in this book. Wolverine, I don't know what was going on. Did he we not have character for designs for Wolverine in this entire <laughs> book? He looked like a warped monster. No one can draw a Wolverine head to save his life. Every time, like, an X-Man is featured in this book, it is, like, using zero characterization from any preceding X-Men issue that was ever released. Wow. Like, they're, they're buffoons. Like, Professor X comes off as, like, a Hitler. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> yeah, oh, <laughs> like, God. So that stuff was brutal. Logan should just be sitting there at the bottom left of every panel drinking a beer and then giving someone a nickname. Mm-hmm. Like, tell it to your mom, flag boy, with some line <laughs> that he said. Cyclops so, and Storm are, like, fighting for leadership. Yeah. And, and I remember, it's funny because I remember I was going through all the classic X-Men books. I remember when Colossus came back. And told a story about how, like, how can I tell Katya, Katya, how can I I tell Katya that I fell in love with, you know, someone in this other world? And I'm, like, thinking to myself, like, this this took place, like, what? He fell in love with someone during the Secret Wars? How long was that series? Um, And what about when Spider-Man was going to rat out the Avenger, or the X-Men, but when he got up to Mr. Fantastic, he changed his mind? What was what? Xavier psionically? Oh, okay, I thought yeah altered yeah. his mm-hmm. thought um, process, and then you don't even see until like three issues in that Professor X is walking. Yeah, and like they what? don't even explain it until halfway into the but, issue. No, what they do is they hang wave and they're like, "I can't believe," and I can't get around the fact that he's walking. No explanation as to why he has this ability. Just that they're baffled by yeah, it. Yeah, and it's literally you see him walking in the first first page and you're like what is happening right now <laughs> professor x is walking and then like literally 15 pages in you get like a discussion between someone that that can't believe it now i know we jumped into and i blame myself but we just got into immediately what we hated about the book right. and there was a lot to point out but for anybody interested the plot is like slim said they get onto this planet and it's basically heroes versus villains a glorified 12 issue series of who would win in a fight so every issue is kind of broken out into heroes fighting these villains. And meanwhile, Galactus is getting ready to eat the planet. Somewhere along the line, Doom gets the powers of the Beyonder, this godlike being who brought everybody here. And so the heroes now have to fight 
this guy like Doctor Doom. Yeah, there's there there is some. We'll get to the Doctor Doom stuff in a bit. That's, that's way into the series, the, dude. The, that line with uh, everything is being recorded for <laughs> posterity's sake. I'm gonna be laughing about that all night. Yeah, the um, the intros to the characters were hilarious in the first issue where they're all like introducing themselves. Uh, it took me literally yeah, eight, who it, does that? it took me literally eight issues to figure out that Captain Marvel was the woman. Really? Uh, you know what? Let me let me interject because we were, were talking about sexism earlier in the show with uh-huh. Catwoman. And it, it was 40 times more blatant back when this is written. Because oh, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll share with you this panel from issue three where they're going to have the mountain dropped on them. And the Hulk says, now Iron Man is cradling the female Captain Marvel in his arms. And the Hulk says, you know, they, they just have all the rocks fall. And Iron Man keeps her in his arms. And he says, Hulk goes, and you didn't even drop Captain Marvel. Not bad. To which Iron Man responds, I never drop talent like this, my man. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? Yeah, and then on top of the women characterization, the, the African-American characters in this book didn't get off easy either. No, they didn't. Uh, and that wasn't Tony Stark, right? That was that, that, Yeah, that, yeah that, was, that was Rhodey. That was, that was which I didn't even realize till like nine issues into the book. <laughs> um, the, uh, what was, the, I think, the Wrecking Ball? Uh, the black character from the villain side, you know, he threw a few dams in <laughs> for good measure into the book, which I, you know, chuckled at. Um, the Hulk, uh, which is kind of an odd thing, but he was speaking as Bruce Banner uh, while he was the Hulk, so he's like intelligent. And four issues in, they finally get around to explaining that at some point the brain, had been, like in the transfer from the Beyonder, he had gotten Banner's brain. Yeah. Thanks for that hand wave half, half into, <laughs> halfway into the storyline. Um, oh, one else was great. There's Jan- a scene in the beginning around issue three where Magneto kidnaps the Wasp and takes her back to his secret fortress that, he, Jonesy, that he has taken over. I had this page. He I decides had this page that up. he has feelings for her, so he releases her, and they have like what was his lines? We can't fight this feeling. My favorite part of that whole seduction is that Magneto decides that she needs a comb to comb her hair because she's a girl. <laughs> so he creates a comb out of like magnetizing molecules together. The explanation is bogus, but he's like, now that I made you this comb, you should be, you know, feeling pretty good about me because you're a girl and you comb your hair. Oh, then he's right because the next like panel they're making out. How about in uh, issue eight when the wasp who's assumed dead from the previous issue is brought back to life? So she turns and looks in the mirror and goes. Something like, I wish they had makeup in this joint. Uh, the, I wrote that down. She uh, she broke a nail in that scene, too. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I broke a nail. And, oh, God, it was so bad. She Well, she was pretty useless in the book, but No, she more was so. able to punk the X-Men. <laughs> their entire lineup. By um, herself. I wrote, I, I, one of my notes was, Doom is sexy. When he when he got his face <laughs> redone. Uh, well, yeah, that, that scene that I did like where he took the Beyonder's powers, where they went through his backstory... About how he tried to, you know, save his mother and in, in, in an experiment gone wrong. That's why his face was scarred and disfigured. Um, and then he became, you know, Beyonder Doom. I liked the the Beyonder Doom, to be honest. I thought those were, those were the Doom better parts. Doom was the only redeeming quality about this book. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, another, like, there's so many awful things we can mention here. But in order to set up uh, Colossus as the hero who gets the girl, the alien village girl, in order to make him seem good... They make Johnny Storm be the biggest, uh, you know, sexist a-hole to, like, try to make Colossus look good. So he's constantly hitting 
on this alien girl and saying mm-hmm. like like the worst pickup lines that you would ever see at like a bar where the guy's just like a total sleaze. Yeah, because he gets hurt and is healed by the healer. And then I guess part of the residue of that is he like falls in love with the healer. And but same you thing really with Colossus. don't get that. You don't from get that the until dialogue. like you don't get that until maybe four issues later, <laughs> where Wolverine. It's like it's obvious that part of her healing power <laughs> is you know to make make the person fall in love with her. And everybody just accept, accepts it because right. Wolverine says it. Yeah, there's some weird where the healer doesn't speak any English, obviously, and takes Johnny Storm into her home. And Johnny Storm is like, oh, you're you're a little forward for uh, meeting me for the first time, but I'm all right with that. Let's see what he's you like, can do. He's or, like, I'll take a tumble for you. <laughs> and the he... Iron Man just like pops in from nowhere. It's like, you got no class, Johnny Storm. <laughs> like, you're like half a world away. Did you fly back to make that comment? What else did he say? Um when Galactus is getting ready to eat the planet and Captain America is marshalling forces, he turns to Johnny and goes, uh-uh, I got something to do. Come on, baby, let's go find a waterfall and do some serious necking. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> there was a scene when Johnny's flying around with her and he's singing Thriller. That one cracked me up. That was a little dated. They're, um, the one when uh, Captain America, oh, like, it? Captain America nonchalantly, you know, it's like they've all accepted they're never leaving this place. So, like, Captain America... But almost instantly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Captain America, after a discussion with Doom, like, after Doom gives them an offer and they all say no, Captain America goes back into Doom's lair and there's... Doom base. Doom, <laughs> Doom base. And there's pictures of his mother on the walls already. <laughs> <laughs> and not only that, but he's taken off his Doom boots and he's got, like, Doom socks on. <laughs> He's got his legs up and he's wearing like these, you know, knee high socks. And I'm just like cracking up like Doom is wearing socks. I'll tell you right now, this (laughs) book has made Doctor Doom one of my new favorite characters from the Marvel Universe. How how about the scene at the end where the Hulk is wearing a leg brace? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, like the book is so silly. And and the worst part is this like sets up Venom in one of the biggest Spider-Man stories of all time. This is where he gets the black suit. And the the way they source it is just like Hulk's like, yeah, that machine will make you a costume. Right. I was waiting oh, for okay. that, and it was okay. And what do you do? Just sit in the machine, think about a new costume, and there you go. <laughs> yeah, and then the funny part is like, uh, Spider Man realizes that he used the wrong machine to make the costume because the, everybody else is at like machine number two. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh they're at the other end of the room getting all these fun <laughs> costumes, and, and Pete's like, hey, wait a minute, that's not the machine I used. Uh, that scene you were talking about, though, with Cat walking back into Doom, that was probably, for me, the only single redeeming panels in this series. Because as he's talking to Doom, and Doom is bragging about how powerful he is, and how above humanity and he is, and he, they don't have to worry about him because he just doesn't care. Being Ruling the universe for him now would be like Captain America ruling a Petri dish full of amoeba. <laughs> and Cap's like, all right, cool, well, I'm just going to go find my teammate and peace out. Next thing you know, he finds Spider-Woman. They go back to the hero's base. They're all talking at a table. He's like, well, we got a problem. Doom spent 10 minutes telling me how above humanity he is. But what's the first thing he did? And Reed Richards, like, he fixed the scars on his face. He goes, exactly. Then he started hanging pictures on the wall. If he's so far above humanity, this does not compute. Mm-hmm. So he shouldn't have, no man should have this kind of power. It's only a matter of time before he changes his mind. At that point, it was, okay, now you've got some serious plot here. Right. But that's like issue 11. Yeah. yeah. When we finally get to the meat and bones of, uh, like, you could, it's awful. You could tell every issue of this book 
besides the end where they're trying to tie it up was to sell toys. Every panel with Wolverine, yeah. he's got his claws out. Spider-Man, you know, Spider-Man is always costume. swinging, and it, he got a new costume. Well, it's crazy that it was 12 issues, but, I mean, the... Magneto's the, making combs. Secret Wars was literally conceived by Mattel and Marvel. Right, like, right. they needed a vehicle to sell. So it's not like toys spawned from the series. It's like they created the series to sell toys. And uh, so, like, like focus groups of kids tested that the word secret and the word wars were big right. sellers, and that's why they called it Secret Wars. Hmm. And, and they, I think they... Um, said that Doom's normal Marvel costume was too medieval for the... So they're like, we got to put Doom in something new in order to sell toys and stuff like that. Unitard. So, yeah, I think the forward to this was something like... It was just when that DC line of toys was coming out where you would squeeze the legs of the punk... You know, the yeah, the out. superpowers like, The line. superpower, like it was so... Like that blew up so big for kids. Like I guess the Marvel board had like a collective apoplexy that they weren't getting in on board for this. So they're like, we need, you know, Jim Shooter, write 12 issues where every panel sells us a toy. Mm-hmm. How about the end of the last issue where Mr. Fantastic has finally devised a device to get them back home? Finally. How is that even possible? He just creates a device to get them off this mysterious Because I'm pretty sure world. in issue one he said it was impossible. <laughs> but 11 yeah, he pretty much given up hope by yeah. issue one. Well, I guess we're here. You know, uh, might as well do some fighting. Yeah. Can we go? Oh, wait. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the very end of the issue um, dealt with the thing staying on this mystery world because he like could change his powers at will from the thing to a human, and he stays. And it's such an odd ending. But the other thing about She-Hulk, she... There's a there's like an issue where she gets the ass beat out of her, like pretty pretty viciously, where yeah. she just gets bludgeoned for like eight panels by the villains, and it's just such well, an odd. There's violent a ton of scene. women violence because the the enchantress gets smacked around by a she Hulk, and the men folk are like, we just throw her in the back in this chamber, <laughs> you know that crazy bee will be back, you know like why was Thor there? Right, Thor did literally nothing this yeah. entire twelve issues. Um, that's guess, why She-Hulk joined the Fantastic Four because Thing hung yeah. back. Yeah, yep. The the uh, what do you call it? The um, consequences of Secret Wars. Yeah, were yeah, much like things, more interesting and far. You know, that carried the story much farther mm-hmm. than Secret Wars itself. And I think that's the only reason why it's so well revered is because all these great things came out of it. Spider-Man's new costume, She-Hulk on the Fantastic Four. Uh, you know all this far-reaching material that they've milked through all these years. This walking here. Professor Hitler, well, yeah. <laughs> concentration. Rody. He's using concentration, concentration <laughs> oh. camps. Not oh, hard yeah. to draw some parallels there, folks. Rhodey also starting to go crazy in the Iron Man armor. Right. Uh-huh. They had a couple references to that. Uh, one of the things that was hysterical to me is the Wrecking Crew as villains. I just can't take them seriously. Yeah, so to like see a... this guy with a crowbar in hand beating up Iron Man in his armor <laughs> made me just say, what the H? I couldn't stop laughing. Mm-hmm. Oh, and how about that love triangle between Johnny, the healer, and Colossus? Yeah, that was awful. I mean, when... there's so, I mean, uh, 12 issues. Oh, God, it was so hard to get through. Like four issues, it should have been. You know, I I they, made, they made it 12 issues. I just, I don't know. When the two book... Uh, two books were released for what we do, Truth and this one. I actually started reading two weeks ago. I was actually pretty proud of myself. I was ahead of the curve. 
So I read Truth and made my notes, and then I was like, all right, I got to knock out these 12 issues of Street Wars. Knock out. I finished today before I went to work. I could, like, two weeks, and I was like, it was like pulling teeth. And yeah. I found myself just like writing down lines, like ridiculous stuff. Like, uh, She Hulk in the middle of her battle with the Enchantress is like, this is totally tubular to the max, right? And but it wasn't ironic. She was really saying that. Like it, it was incredible. Wow. It's uh this was another one of my picks. I think I'm over two of my last picks. But Did I love guys... this pick because it was so yeah, bad. It was so absurd. Did you guys see the panel of Iron Man and Captain Marvel racing? And Captain Marvel has the ability to become light, essentially. So she's can travel at light speed. And they're racing while Iron Man has his jet so why roller skates on him. So why did she think to go the speed of light back to Earth to get help to get him? She go to speed of light? All common sense went out the window in this book. She's, she's a chick. I they don't, don't want to make her look too smart. And she was just too much talent to be dropped. Yeah. Uh, Secret Wars. Do we have anything else that we want to... We uh, could keep going on like this for such hours. A big yeah, name. It's such a big name in, it in the past that it had to be looked at. Hulk in a leg brace and Doctor Doom socks. That's and, all you need to uh, know. Professor X is Hitler. May we never speak of this comic again. We got your letters. I'm gonna open them up. Farrington's gonna read them to you. I don't think we'll ever top that sounder. I don't think it's possible. Yeah. It's it good. just doesn't get much better than that. Uh, we'll read your letters, no matter... How insulting you are to Mark Farrington, uh, to sister podcasts. Truth has to get out there. Slim. To Jonesy. Not, we just come to expect it at this point. Yeah. I'll be trashed. I got made fun of last week. Yeah. That was classic. This sort one's of. directed at you, Slim. Oh, Hamilton God. South Beach is saying, yo, who picked Secret Wars? Was it Jonesy? That book sucks. Cool covers, though. There you go. Jeez. What? It's a, they, they just associate sucking with me at this point. <laughs> It's not like that, I'm sure. You know, people do Thanks, love you, Dale. Jonesy. Thank you, Dale. You know, I think I they're... Dale loves me, that's all I need. I think they read your articles. <laughs> Mark doesn't, and Mark represents Mark, the Mark, majority. Mark barely has internet yeah, on his true. phone. I read him in meetings. I did agree with a lot of your thoughts on the year one. He's got this laptop, mm-hmm. right? Trailer, but he's still got the plastic covers on it. Oh, like that And they're like the all stickers. frayed and curled at the edges. Like, <laughs> he just refuses to take it off. He doesn't use the laptop. That's but the monitor is still clean. That's, That's a true. sign. You can gauge someone's, you know, tech knowledge by the yeah. amount of stickers they still have on their computer. You know, Mr. Producer, just hit me. If we trim down the insults a little bit, <laughs> we could talk more books. Just Do we have any other letters, there. Mark? We got one more. It's kind of a long one, so this is going to be the last one. All there right. you go. <clears throat> Sean in North Carolina. Y'all say that y'all don't want to get the explicit tag for your podcast, but you guys have a show about comics. Like 80% of comic readers are adults, most being older than 25. Most comics out there are full of killings and beatings, and many also have sex. I mean, come on, dude. You guys edit yourselves when you talk about what happens in a comic or something that was said in a comic. I really think you would have more people checking you out if you did have an explicit tag. Would you guys buy a Jay-Z CD at Walmart? Of course not, because it would be edited to S. Two of the top podcasts, iTunes, are Joe Rogan and Adam Carolla. I looked at what comic podcasts are out there and about half or more have explicit tags on them f guys and listen to some that have been recorded in comic shop geek bombast for the dc relaunch and have a comic shop owner uh, let's man up and stop acting scared i want you guys to grow as a podcast because you really have a great show more people should listen 
Your fan, Sean in North Carolina, the storm watch of paper keg, his words. <laughs> I, do we really need to curse? I, I mean, think, I think going explicit need? is just going the easy way out. I mean, you know, we're trying to get creative with how we say things is is way more funnier than just saying F. Yeah, or, I, I think just. I mean, and maybe I can't say anything because I dropped the S-bomb at the top of the episode. But uh, It was pretty much rolling. I mean, think of it this way. Like, do we want to be with the majority and curse because everybody else is cursing and we think that people want to hear F-bombs in their podcast? I mean, I don't don't know about you guys. I listen to a lot of podcasts during the day, and I have no feeling about cursing either way. But I will tell you this. If I'm listening to a comics podcast and every other word is the f bomb, I will turn it off. Yeah, it's just. Yeah, it's I just, mean, you're just taking the easy way out by if that's going to be the adjectives that we had to describe a book. I mean, there's a lot more. I, I think. I think we all think there's just a lot more comedy in being creative. I mean, we could curse. We you should hear us. Get a couple beers on us. Cool. But uh, I, I mean, uh, just saying other things. I think we think. It's just way easier, way funnier. I wholeheartedly agree. It definitely adds to the comedic value, but I think also it helps us focus on our criticisms and our thoughts more. So if we were to sit here and say this book was S, the easy way out would be to drop the S word and say it was stunk. But by using our little shortcuts, whatever, censorship, forces us to actually flesh out our thoughts and give more constructive reviews. I agree. Um, Slim. I mean, this is something that I uh, think about a lot. You know, when I try to do any kind of podcast, I just don't have. Um, he does too. Uh, or any podcast I've done previously. I, we did do one that was pretty curse heavy, but I just don't see. For me personally, you know, I'm, I'm a father now. Check. Um, check. check. <laughs> I just don't see. Check. For me, I try to make something that I would be interested in reading or listening to, and I just don't see the appeal. Of, you know, shows that just throw the F-bombs at all the time. You know, there's a lot of shows out there that are, you know, they're buddies. They do a show and it's like F this, F that, F, F and F and F and just, eh, you know, I'm not interested. Yeah. Just takes me out of the show. I agree. You know, I think you can do more with less, in my opinion. So. In no way, shape, or form do I feel that it hurts our show by not cursing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do appreciate Sean M's sure. input. I mean. Sure, absolutely. It, that's something that he that he likes from podcasting and you know the fact that he likes us and wants to see more of what he likes in our podcast yeah. i mean he took the to time out that, to write us i mean right. that's that's crazy fan and love right there we Listener appreciate love. the feedback and uh, if you want me to drop an f-bomb for you hey you come know. see us at a convention yeah, we'll Jensen drop. Jensen dropped the S bomb in the beginning of the show, and I'm sure and that's we're out of. I even read we're email. out of iTunes right now. I just got the email. So and, and that's happy. so funny since you know. Remember Paper Keg One when he dropped the S bomb or whatever, like 30 seconds in, I mean, and I got was, pounced on for that one. I do remember that. It was a harrowing experience. It if was. I remember anything about it, I'll be honest with you. Probably one of the one of the best shows we've ever had. That's it. Bar none. They keep getting better and better, boys. What happens, you know, when we just get just so hot where we don't even have time to do this show anymore? We are hot as S right now. You know, Jonesy becomes a famous writer. Mark, you know, <laughs> partners up with Tosh. For yes, know. hello, goodness. Tosh Point Mark. Um, and, you know, Dale's running, you know, security for the Pentagon. Yeah. You know, I feel like... In my slippers. If we ever hit a block when it comes to podcasts, we should pick another really S-y book to review. 
because this yeah. was fun. Yeah, how much fun was this Bash on Six? This was pretty good. It was G yeah. damn good. And pretty hey, Shona, super fan will be on, and she's uh, got a foul mouth, so she does. Look forward to that episode. Stay tuned for Buffy Keg coming up. Uh, we will see everyone next week. Win column. Peace them out. Last word. Nice